Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. It's been a bittersweet final season of the beloved TV show, This Is Us, which will air its final episode on May 24th. Its end will certainly leave a hole in the heart of its audience, but it will also mean maybe a lack of representation for marginalized groups in media. Kim Crowder, founder and CEO of Kim Crowder Consulting and one of the country's leading anti-racism, diversity, equity, and inclusion speakers says that this show is more than just entertainment. This Is Us has been about true and meaningful representation and shedding light on the struggles faced in marginalized or stigmatized communities. The show created a safe haven to have insightful conversations on topics pertaining to race, weight, addiction, disabilities, adoption, and more. Thank you for joining me, Kim. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Can you start by telling us why you think This Is Us has become such a beloved show? Yeah, I think the way that This Is Us is written and the way that the stories are portrayed are so deeply human. Uh, I remember (laughs) that I had not heard of This Is Us at one point when this is when it first started. And I remember having a conversation with my father. My father is sort of rough around the edges. He's an engineer. He's very straight to the point. And maybe I shouldn't say rough around the edges. He's refined, but he's also direct. I should say that. Mm. And he said, have you seen this with us? And I said, no. And he said, talk about a show that'll make you cry. <laughs> and that's my, you know, like <laughs> from my dad. And I was like, well, you know, okay, well, let me watch this show. And I've been hooked ever since. And I think the reason that it touches so many of us is because of the reasons you mentioned. All of the things that are explored, all of the topics, all of the emotions, down to things like grief even. Um, we're seeing that portrayed in the show and handled with such care because of a strong writer's room. Talk to us about the racially mixed cast and how the stories center not only on the white characters on the show, but give just as much importance to the storylines of the black cast members. I think that's true. I also, you know, piece of it, but also it it goes beyond race. And the reason why I think it's so important to talk about that piece of it is because we see all of these complex issues show up in each one of the characters. So we talk about Randall, for instance, who has struggled with anxiety, Mm. right? And so we're seeing the sort of intersection of what happens to being a black man in the United States suffering from anxiety, who's extremely intelligent. All of this and how that plays out, or you look at Kevin, who is supposedly perfect he's this gorgeous hollywood actor who struggles with alcoholism kate who has these unfulfilled dreams and her weight has was a focus especially early on and so what i love about the show again is all of the ways that these conversations are happening and they're happening at once and so what i think is deeply important is to talk about the ways that the show is framed and shaped what i know is that hearing from the producers of the show 
and looking at the writer's room, the ways that they would decide who got the most voice in the writer's room was who had the most personal experiences and connection to the story that was being told. Mm. And so they sort of got to green light. Here's how we're going to tell the story. And that is one of the ways that we tie this into the workplace, for instance, in the workplace where we always say, Hey, we really need to be listening to lived experiences of folks. And so, and, and I'm not saying necessarily that anybody in the workplace should have to sort of tell their stories in order to be heard. But I am saying there is such a deep complexity and nuance in the ways that this is us tells the stories in a way that you can tell that there has been a, a deep connection and understanding from those writers. Do you think having more showrunners and producers from historically ignored backgrounds will allow for greater representation in media? That's the hope. I, I think the challenge is that everyone is not given the opportunity to do so. We've had some beautiful things happen. You know, we just watched the Oscars, right? A lot of firsts mm. happening at the Oscars where we saw the first deaf actor, you know, win that Oscar, where we saw the first Muslim actor win an Oscar. We saw the first queer actress, a woman of color, win that award. And so all of these are ways that give Hollywood and give these stories more life and they give it more color and more vividness. And so looking at showrunners such as, you know, Issa Rae, and, you know, Issa Rae is not a showrunner per se, but looking at producers like Issa Rae and uh, Mindy Kaling and, you know, Kenya Barris, who are telling these stories, not just in these heavy ways that Hollywood has sort of told the stories of people of color, where it's sort of been repressed and it's been about certain eras and we could only sort of live in these certain characters. But you think about Insecure, and Insecure is very much so a story about everyday life. These mm-hmm. characters are living day to day. They're just normal people. Nobody's like, you know, <laughs> doing, you know, like, solving world problems and their stories are just as important as anyone on Seinfeld, right? And they're Mm -hmm. just as hilarious and they're just as fulfilling. And then you watch the interesting ways that particularly in Insecure that they talk about gentrification, for instance, how the neighborhood and the gentrification of the neighborhood was a character in the show itself. And so what I love about giving space and room to more people to have a larger voice is that What it does is it, for all of us, it creates an opportunity to learn from each other, but also to find ourselves in other stories as well. Is bias more subconscious than we often think it is? And does seeing a diverse cast of characters we care about help us to overcome those subconscious biases? I don't know if I can speak to that in that direct way. What I do know is that it can create space for more humanity. You know, I don't know that the language around the way that we talk about bias and how bias is subconscious, you know, there are some things that I naturally gravitate towards, right? You know, I specifically like the color aqua. (laughs) You know, so I may have a bias if I see a a, a bookshelf in a store and I'm like, you know, I like that bookshelf for some reason. It may be because of the color of that bookshelf. But when we talk about bias towards people, I think we have to be very, very careful around using language where we say subconscious. And the reason why I say that is because it's too important for us to sort of dismiss it as I didn't mean to or it was subconscious, especially because that behavior is so learned and engraved, ingrained in our society and we picked up on that. And so when you ask me the question of do I feel like Encanto can help with bias or do I feel like, uh, what is the new movie about, it's called something about Red. I can't remember the, the title of it. I should not know that. I don't know that I would say it helps with bias, but I do know 
for those of us who do not see our stories played out, it certainly feels good for us. We certainly see ourselves in those. I don't know that as those movies are being created that are those movies or, or shows or whatever are about necessarily the bias of other people. I think it's really a celebration of those folks who deeply connect with the stories being told. Tell us about some of the other approaches This Is Us has taken in allowing audiences to see themselves on screen. Yeah, I think one of the ways is when we look at the transitions of each character. For instance, here's a, a stat that people may be interested in. Around about 38 is when most people take on a second career. So, you know, if you run your, for your life, this sort of whole, you built this career, and you knew you were going to do this forever. And around about 38 years old is when folks start having that change of going, wait a minute, I really want to do something else. And we saw that in This Is Us, for instance, Beth. Beth going back to her true love of dance. Uh, we saw Kate go back to her true love of music. We saw Randall move into more of a political sphere. We even saw Toby move into tech. And so those are some of the ways, and, and they did it at a specific age period, right? This is, everyone's around about 40 years old, uh, and they did it around a specific age period, which makes sense around the trend of it. And so I think that that is just being in connection with understanding what life looks like in certain time periods. When you have a parent who's aging, when you have a parent who is ill, you know, what does that look like? And what are the dynamics that happen around conversation and decisions that are being made? How does that impact the whole family? So again, it is just those writers always thinking about this moment in time. What does that mean for everything else that's happening you know, in the in the storyline of in this show, I really feel like they have such a finger on the pulse of understanding all of the nuances that are happening around what what could be seen as a singular instance. When this show ends on May 24th, what lessons do you hope other showrunners and producers will take away from This Is Us? I really hope that, one, that we see more representation for women who are not this Hollywood version of what Hollywood says beauty is for women. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. I think watching Kate's character be fully human and fully present and sexy, right? And, you know, have men interested in her. I think all of that is a part of it. We, we see, we're seeing that with Grey's Anatomy um, right now. Spoiler alert, right? Where <laughs> the character <laughs> Bailey, where she has this, you know, hot, young other doctor who's interested in her and she's married, right? And, and so hope is is that we continuously see more diversity not you know I don't like to use the term diversity when we're talking about people's identities but more diversity in the ways that we are telling the story and who gets to be involved in not only on screen but who's telling those stories behind the scenes because what I find is that those stories are more authentic depending on who's allowed to have voice as those stories are forming and being created and what we see, just like in the workplace, right? Um, when we're working with people in the workplace and we're saying your internal workplace directly impacts the ways that you serve your audience. And so the issues that we're seeing out in your audience and serving them, we can track that back to your workplace. And in the same way, a show like This Is Us has done that in that writer's room and directly impacted the way that we connect with that story. I think a lot of us are going to miss it. Um, we're already having withdrawals. What are we going to do on Tuesday night? But we've had a, a beautiful five years with this show. And I hope 
that there's nothing more but an uptick in the absolute beautiful ways that stories can be told in television. I've been speaking with Kim Crowder, founder and CEO of Kim Crowder Consulting and one of the country's leading anti-racism, diversity, equity and inclusion speakers. Is there anything else you want us to know? Any last thoughts for us? You know, I would just say, go on, step outside of yourself, right? As we are talking about this and, you know, one of the things that I think the reason why we watch these shows is that we get to escape a little bit. Yes, they may connect with even some of the harder things in our lives, but we also get to escape. And so my sort of call to people in challenge is to escape in someone else's world. Read a book where the person's background is not like yours. Learn the history of a group that you do not identify with. Watch a television show. It is connected, you know, Reservation Dogs is a good one, where it's about Native Americans present day, young Native Americans and what their lives look like. Atlanta is another one. I could go on and on. And so bringing more of that into your home and, and into your children's lives so that that becomes the norm for them. Um, also, for those of us who, for those of you all who are interested in connecting with me, you are welcome to find me on social media. I am Kim Crowder, but also... Sign up for our newsletter at KimCrowderConsulting.com. That's a really great way to follow along as we continuously have these conversations about what it means to build a world that is more diverse and equitable and inclusive. Thank you so much for talking with us today. And thank you for working to make this world a more inclusive place. Thank you for having me. You have a great day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.